The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Emma Shagormley. We are two best friends with one common obsession. Beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We tried it all and we've got your back. We'll be calling on all our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. Consider us your beauty 411 and sometimes your 911. From how to fix brassy hair to the pros and cons of laser facials and always with a cocktail in hand, always. So be prepared to be obsessed. Check out Lipstick on the Rim wherever you get your podcasts. Ugh, I'm not in the mood. Do we have to do this? Yes. Wait, are we recording? Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Allie Colbert Show. Hello, shalom. I keep wanting to talk like Jared Leto does in We Crashed. Because he does an Israeli accent. Um, he plays... What is the name of who Jared Leto plays in We Crashed, Julian? She does not know. She's not listening to me. Okay. He plays the founder of We Crashed. Of we work. And he says, Rivka, Rivka, I want to build a company where everybody does keg stands and is on Molly. Adam Newman, I'm Adam Newman, and Anne Hathaway does the deep voice about elevating the world's consciousness. I can't do her. But it's really fun. It's really fun watching that show. I think I mentioned it last week on the pod. But I'm pretty deep in it. What can I tell you? I'm enjoying it. Anyway. Allora. That's Italian, not Hebrew. That's a good one. I'm into that. I also started this week. I started Severance. If you haven't seen Severance, it is. This is my favorite segment where I explain a show to you if you haven't seen it and I do it in this like sort of young Larry David esque. Well, that's a compliment to myself. Let me not get ahead of myself, but it is the show where Adam Scott works at a company. It's like this futuristic company where it's a futuristic world where your memories, when you work at this office, your memories have been surgically divided between work and personal life. So when you're at work, all you know is work. When you're at home, all you know is home. When I first heard of that, I thought that's not that bad. That might be a nice, that might be an appealing innovation, you know? I would love to not think about work when I'm just hanging out at home. And then you get to focus at work because you're not thinking about, oh, she's mad at me. He wants to kill me. I can't stand her. Anyway, chaos ensues. It's fun. I like a high concept show. I get hooked immediately when it's like, and the thing is every, like, remember that movie that they did with like Matt Damon, I think. And like the whole thing was like, and everyone's really tiny. And that was like the whole hook. Like you can like downsize and like live like a tiny life. I was like, yeah, I'm sold. If it's like that big of a concept and you're going to put millions of dollars into convincing me that everyone can live in a dollhouse, I'll definitely get a ticket. 
So I've been watching Severance. Anyway, I'm going to San Francisco tomorrow, not for shows. Um, I'm going to San Francisco tomorrow for the party culture. No, I'm going to San Francisco with Julian. We're going to spend a weekend there. And then I have, by the time this comes out, I have some shows in California and in New York. So by the time this airs, Wednesday, April 13th, I have two shows in Los Angeles. Eight o'clock, I'm at Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles. And then nine o'clock, I'm at uh, a show at Westside Comedy Club. And then the 14th, I will be in New York City that evening, 9 p.m. at The Stand. I'm hoping I'll have more shows. The 15th, the 16th, I will be taking off for Pesach. Happy Passover to all the Jews. Put the blood on your door so God will skip over and not murder your firstborn. That was always a fun game. My cousins and I would play around the table. The firstborn lives. Oh, no, the firstborn died. Did the firstborn live or die? I'm pretty sure we would all go death to the first. No, yeah, death to the firstborn. And then we would all the older kids pretend to die at the Passover table while we table while we ate matzah. Uh, I do not keep Passover because I believe in science. But other than that, I will maybe enjoy some stale crackers in honor of my faith. That's it. That's it. Everything is good. I'm good. You're good. I have shows also the week of the 18th, April 18th in Los Angeles. So come to shows. I've been on fire. Truly better than ever. I mean, seeing me live is like seeing, uh, you know, a young Dave Chappelle. That's what they say. Email the podcast, guys, if you haven't. I have a lot of funny stuff in the emails that I'm going to go through next week on an episode, either solo or with Julian. I don't know why I feel so intimidated to do a solo episode. I have no problem going on stage alone and running my mouth off in front of people. But the idea of doing a solo episode that can kind of hang around on the Internet, daunting, daunting. Um, I will be doing that, though. So email the podcast if you haven't. I want to hear from you. The Allie Colbert Show at gmail.com. And keep subscribing and commenting and sharing on your stories. I love it. When you do that, it makes me wet. Okay. On this week's episode, we have Remy Casimir, a friend of mine, a stand-up comedian who I came up with in New York. And we talk about Remy's journey towards having an orgasm. Remy had never had an orgasm until she started a sex podcast um, while living with her grandmother and took on various assignments by friends and sexperts to help her achieve her orgasm. And she ultimately did get the big O, but her and I talk about that. We talk about tantric massages, female masturbation classes, squirting, first times orgasming, different sex toys, bisexuality, and more. So I hope you enjoy it. And I will, I don't know, I guess I'll text you guys. Text me. I think I'm going to join the community app. Should I? I don't know. Is it a waste of time? You tell me. Enjoy. You started your podcast, How Come? Obviously, I want to talk to you about it, even though I'm sure you're like fatigued of talking about your orgasm journey. No, never. No, I love it. So what was it like starting a a sex podcast while living with your grandmother? Let's start there. It was very interesting because my grandmother is super cool, or she was, you know, when she was around and she still is probably wherever she is. But she was very cool and she was always really encouraging of us. But she also grew up in a generation where talking about sex was like uncouth. And so she had a lot of these ideas that she would share with me sometimes and they would just be so backwards. Like my cousin lived with her 
my male cousin before I did. And she would let him have girls over all the time. And then she would give Mm -hmm. me a tough time when Ben came over and I'd be like, Nan, like you would let Matthew use this place as a brothel. And she'd go, it's a double standard. Like all like (laughs) proud of herself that she like was falling in line or whatever. But then also when I started opening up to her about my shortcomings, I will say, it was when I was doing comedy and I was seeing all these female comics or non-binary femme comics talking about their orgasms. And I'd be like, how you doing that? Like, I, I was mm-hmm. like, what? Like, I'm, I'm missing out on something. Like, I thought that we just didn't have them. I didn't realize that, like, it's just me. And I went home to well, her one. not just you. No, but, at you all. know, no. But yeah, I, totally. how I felt at the time was I was like, oh, I'm such a weirdo. Like, I, I'm so right. broken. And the first person in my family I talked to about it was my sister because she's younger than me and also our titties look the same. So I was like, our bodies probably work the same too. You're like, the first person I talked to about it was my dad. Yeah. (laughs) Nope. And, um, but he is very supportive of it. And my sister was like, yeah, I've done it like alone at least. And I was like, oh shit. Like, Mm. so it's possible I just haven't yet. And then I talked to Nan about it because I was like, I think I want to like start a podcast on this. And this is what it's going to be about. And and I was like, Charlotte's been able to do it alone, but I've not even been able to do that. And she was like, what, like masturbating? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And she was like, oh, I've never done that. And I was like, okay. And she's like, and I was like, but have you had an orgasm? And she's like, oh, yes. Papa was a very giving lover. And so I I was like, oh, oh. so even you can. And wow, your grandmother told you, confirmed that she had an mm-hmm. orgasm by mm-hmm. your grandfather. Mm-hmm. That's and, a lovely oh, yes. open relationship. Isn't that cute? And there's something about like it skipping a generation and being able to talk about with that person because like also my grandfather had been passed away by that point. So like me picturing them banging, it wasn't like horrifying. It was just like, oh, that's like nice of him that he was very giving. <laughs> Whereas, you don't have to look at him at dinner. Yeah, I wouldn't want to necessarily hear that from my mom about my dad like now no. it's, it's more okay because she's with somebody else but like yeah I think it's nice to have a little generational gap of somebody yeah. who can like, that's why I plan on you. asking my grandchildren if they yes. come but yes. not my children you will <laughs> <laughs> yeah so okay so you go to your grandmother and you share this with her and how old are you at the time I was 28 when I started the podcast okay 28 you started the podcast oh I and mean 27 27. 27, I started the podcast. 27, you started the podcast. 28, I finally had my first orgasm from the podcast. Gee, that is so... You know, my fear about starting the podcast where you're basically announcing like, look, I haven't had an orgasm and I want to go on this journey would be that like I would be doing the podcast 10 years later and still have not had an orgasm. Like I remember... Mm -hmm. And I want to go into this. I'll go into this like much more specifically like your journey. But I remember after you started the podcast, you posted that you had an orgasm. And I remember you knew my girlfriend at the time, well, I'm not yeah. doing now. And I was like, Remy had an orgasm. And she was like, Remy had an orgasm. Like, <laughs> it, it be- Because you had shared it with people, everyone got to celebrate the fact that you came. It was so cute. I literally had, I don't think anybody's ever been excited for me like that in my entire life. And for right. it to be something so <laughs> intimate and something that I was so fucking scared of sharing. Like it took a really long time to actually start the podcast. And I would imagine, were you terrified? Terrified. And I also, I don't think Ben and I were like 
officially dating my boyfriend and I like, and I was nervous to put it out as a single person because right. I didn't want to get DMs from like strange men being like, I can help you. I'll make you, know, you come. Like, that like <laughs> really freaked me out. I still have gotten some of those, but like way less, I think, than I would have. I was nervous about people that I grow up with seeing it and being like, totally. this fucking loser, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. Just people really like judging me and thinking I'm either gross for talking about it. Like I had some friends when I told them I wanted to do it, they were like, ew, TMI, Remy. And I had somebody else who was like, don't start that podcast. Like it's too similar to like somebody else's that we know. And I was like, no, it's not at all. Like what is- this is a, yeah, it like, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you which one after. And it's like, <laughs> it could not be more different. And so it took like a lot to like push it out there, but I really mm-hmm. needed it because mm-hmm. whenever I would ask people like at shows and stuff, I'd be like, Hey, you're really having those orgasms. Like, how are you doing that? They'd always give me like really nice advice and like kind of like yeah. informal assignments to do. But because I didn't have anything holding me accountable, I would just give up or not do them or what, you know, I could be like, ah, oh, this is right. for me. So I like needed the thing in order to do the thing. Um, totally. And then the response afterwards was like the complete opposite. It was like so many of my friends that I'd known forever, like just started like being like, hey, like I'm out here too. Like I've never had one. And like, you know, like I, right. I actually need some advice. So like, this is really great for me. And like, I was like no longer feeling alone. I felt like really good. And then like, yeah, I blew my load episode six. And when you were That's saying so early on, so early on. And when you were saying it was stressing you out that like you'd be do- running it for 10 years, like it stressed me out when I came, like I was like, ah, oh, do I have to end the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you have like one episode. That would yeah. actually be so funny. You, you come on the first episode. Or the yeah, second I was like, episode. Oh, well, we're finished. I know. I think, you know, what's interesting is, I mean, it's all interesting, but I'm thinking about like, what was the internal dialogue or the conversation you're having with yourself before you start the podcast about Mm -hmm. sex? Like, Mm -hmm. are you at that point in time? Because I think a lot of people are, you know, in this place. And whenever people reach out to me, I always direct them to your podcast because it's such a clear, like, it was just, it's like, hello, this is clearly what you should be listening to. Yeah, Yeah. But, um, like, are you someone who before the podcast, like you're masturbating, you're having sex and you're feeling like you're close to achieving orgasm? Like, what mm. is the landscape of your sexual life at that point? Yeah. So I thought I was a very good candidate for the podcast because it's not like I was like anti-sex at all. I loved right. sex. I loved closeness. I always had my hands down in my crotch. I was trying things for years on my own, just right. not very educated about the things that I was trying. Like, I really like fell into the sex ed trap of thinking sex was just penis vagina and Mm -hmm. that I don't know why or how I would just ignore the clitoris. I thought it was like gross. I I couldn't even say the word really comfortably until like the first year in. Just so not like my perspective, my perception of you. Yeah, no, I have grown a lot and Mm. I was really like ashamed of female sexuality because of how it was spoken about, like in my school, like mm-hmm. there was one girl who like everybody like found out she masturbated a lot and it was like gross. So I was like, I don't want to be mm. like that person. And I also wasn't having enough conversations with my friends about pleasure in general. Like our conversations about sex would be like, I got him, you know, like I right. fucked him, but it wasn't like, did you finish? Or like, did you enjoy did you any part of it? Of course. Yeah. Like, but like nobody... 
Eh, I mean, some I really did not. A lot of the sex I was oh, having. Oh, no, that was I, I was giving the question for like yeah. when girls were like, I fucked him. I'm like, well, did you like it or did you just lay there? And Yeah, know. no. And it's it's a good question, though, because I did a lot of sex to train for other sex, too, because I thought that that was my worth is like guys really like banging. And if you're good at banging, like they will want you. And I was just super, you know, compet and like very backwards and did not think that I was a priority at all. And so when I was like practicing for sex stuff, like it would be like, I would put like a condom on a hairbrush, like handle and like stick it up the hole to like ready the hole so that it would be comfortable for him. But it was like, and then sometimes I would try and like jack off as well. Like I remembered hearing vibration was good in high school. Mm -hmm. And so I bought one of those vibrating razors and tried to use the end of that. So I was always like (laughs) experimenting and stuff, but like the toy that ended up doing it for me didn't exist yet. And it wasn't going to for a very long time. So there was a lot of like giving up and like going back and forth and being like, well, maybe I don't even deserve this because clearly it takes so much work. Yeah. And then when you're having sex, is there, are you, well, are you in a committed relationship at this time? No, you're right. You're dating for the most of your adult life before your current boyfriend. Are you in relationship? I was so single. I was so always, single. Always okay. Alone. And- <laughs> So then those sexual experiences, the, your partner probably most often isn't asking or like paying much attention. To they you did not care about me. No. Right. Right. So and are you enjoying those? Which is not how those random sexual experiences like I've heard they've gotten better for people that like people are being conscientious <laughs> and stuff. But yeah. that's just how I expected it to go was like he doesn't right. care about you. I hear like a lot of women. Yeah, totally. It blows. I mean, I hear and I'm speaking, you know, mostly about like women, people that identify as women, but their reflections on sex, like when they're connected, even when it doesn't involve orgasm, it's satisfying. Mm. And a lot of women use this word. I I don't know. I've just heard this now in conversation over the last like year or two. Mm -hmm. They talk about plateauing. Mm. Does this come up for you like on your podcast or like in your own exploration? Like I want to hear your thoughts. We haven't talked about it yet. We should. But yeah, I feel like like plateauing like mid-sex or plateauing in your sex life in general. Yeah, mid-sex for sure. And then like sometimes you'll just be like, okay. Like I saw this funny tweet the other day that was like when a woman says come for me, she's really saying like I'm done. (laughs) Right, right. Like just finish (laughs) up. I'm out of here. And Yeah. yeah, that's how I would feel for a while. And I try not to like do that so much anymore if I'm not like at least enjoying it a little. Mm -hmm. Cause then I'm like, I'm not your like toy. Like I'm a person and I'm not having a great time right now. And like, I know that you have the capability to finish this off yourself. So have at it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay. So you start the podcast and the premise of the podcast is getting assignments. Mm-hmm. for you to try out. Yep. So will you share some of those assignments with my listeners? I'll share all of them. And if you guys want to learn more about them, go back to season one, episodes one through six. I highly recommend them for anybody who hasn't had an orgasm or just like really wants to learn about what could make it happen for somebody else. Yeah. Um, Do you have a child trapped in your basement? Just curious. No, they're painting in, the, in my oh, bathroom. I thought you had, you had like a little kid banging. <laughs> Is it really noticeable? I don't think it'll be in the recording, but I heard it right now and I was thinking it was your cat. So that 
I was getting excited. No, usually she does, though, be like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. And I'm like, come on in. You have a cat with a bold personality. I She is me. Like, she has <laughs> so many issues, but we tolerate her because we love her. Totally. Yeah. So the assignments were really great. And it wasn't... Okay. So I it was two parts how it mm-hmm. was structured. It was my guests would have to tell me about their first time coming, which everybody right. does now. So I could like get, you know, ideas from there. But then mm-hmm. they have to give me a formal assignment at the end of the episode, which I had to do for the next time. And mm-hmm. the first one was Wendy Starling. And she told me, she's like, just graze over your panties, set a timer for 30 minutes. And like, don't even try to come, like just allow yourself to like have that time dedicated to yourself, which mm-hmm. I thought was so important. And it was, I ended up crying because I put on music. Don't put on music. I had never dedicated that amount of time to myself. I, yeah. I, I didn't matter you know, and like, also I'm lazy. So I had never, I like, I would just be like, never mind. Like time yeah, for 30 minutes to, just for you. Like mm-hmm. you can feel that when it's like just mm-hmm. you. So that was really fun. And then my second one I had was watch porn because mm-hmm. I had never really watched porn for me either. I had watched mm-hmm. it in the context of like, I'm in a room with a bunch of my guy friends, like in seventh grade and like we're watching porn or whatever. But it's like, which is usually where every woman has their first orgasm. Right. It was <laughs> it was very heteronormative, cis, male-made porn, which is, again, not focused on the person with the vulva. It's just slamming and just ridiculous screams close-ups. and close-ups <laughs> and harder. And I've never said harder <laughs> at this point. It's always like softer and like to the left. I've never said harder with Remy Casimir. Yeah. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I have, I have. But it's just not the thing I say most often. And it's just totally. not a good representation of like what I needed. So I was given the license to look at porn and it's not weird mm-hmm. and like find out something that you like and like go through the rabbit hole or down the rabbit hole and like find a category that you're like maybe shocked by, but like into and try to figure out like that set. Cause like I hadn't really even paid attention to my sexuality for a very long time because I was like, no, we marry men. We have sex with them and we marry them and we <laughs> take their money. Thanks, the, Nana. Yeah. The porn that I liked was not very straight. And so that was really fun to learn about myself. And then mm-hmm. the, the third episode was Aaliyah Janine told me to look at my vagina while uh-huh. I'm horny and touching myself and see how it moves and reacts which was so interesting. And it, she was like, kind of try to focus in on like where on the clit you're sensitive. And I learned I'm like an upper left-hand quadrant. Me too. Oh, cool. Sisters. <laughs> upper left. That's so cute. High five. Up <laughs> um, we make merch. That was fun. Yeah. Upper left-hand corner girls. <laughs> the upper left-hand corner girls who get it. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then what was episode four? Oh, so then I was like, oh, I've learned so much about my body. I like see it's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's reacting to stuff. It gets turned mm-hmm. on by stuff like we're not broken in that respect. But then mm-hmm. I was still nervous that like maybe there was something wrong with my body that 
I right. wasn't able to do it. Or maybe there was something psychologically wrong with me because a lot of this people- This is what everyone goes to. <laughs> yeah. They suggested that to me. They were like, maybe you have some really dark fantasies like, and maybe like you have some problems or like trauma that you need to unearth or whatever. And I was like, okay. So for episode four, I went to two doctors. I went to my gynecologist and I had her tweak the parts and see if everything was okay. And she was like, wow. you are in working order. Don't even worry about that. And then I went to my therapist and I unloaded like- all of like my fantasies and like my worries and like, oh, I think I'm bi. And like, I think I, you know, like everything, I think I want to have certain things that like, I don't know if I want that in real life, but like, it's a fantasy of mine. And she was like, that's normal. You're normal. These are like, it's okay. And so that really like took the pressure off my brain. You got a clean bill of health. Yeah. And then episode five, I also did two assignments because I used to only record once every two weeks to give me like time to do them. But I was Mm -hmm. like, I was like, I want to do it. Like I was like chomping at the bit. And so I had two sex experts on one is a dom. Actually, they're both doms, but they one gives tantric massage and the other gives female masturbation classes. So I went to a female masturbation class. Where was it? Who is who's the person that taught it? Her name is Lola Jean. Studio of course, that is, sounds like what her name would be. Lola. Yeah, she's great. She's got the world record for squirting. Like she squirts like buckets. It's oh my crazy. God. I don't yeah. know if you, you want to squirt that much. Well, she did and she did it. And yeah, so I went to her class at 3F Studios. I don't know if it's still around, but she's around. So you can reach out to her if you're interested. And it was cool. It was like a yoga class kind of set up where like the first half she showed us like all the parts of a vulva on a vulva puppet. And then she showed it on herself. And then she showed us. She showed her vulva to everyone? Yeah. And then she showed different techniques. Is it just women in the class? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anybody with a vulva, like it's like fine. Yeah. I think. And yeah, so she showed us techniques on herself and then we had like a little breather. So she starts touching herself in front Mm -hmm. of everyone. Mm -hmm. And is everyone, everyone must be super respectful of this. They're not coming to like fuck around. Totally. No, everyone's coming to learn. Like, and it was all different types of women too. It was like, different ages and ever it was like we were all like hey we want to like we have one goal and was, and was the majority of the class people who had not achieved orgasm i didn't take a poll but okay but was that the general feeling it of it like why would you way. go if you like it were coming seemed that time? way i think there was i mean some people who just wanted like a refresher they just show off yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like um somebody who's really good at skiing, going to ski school, just being like, oh my God, like casually amazing at this. (laughs) They start coming coming in the corner. Yeah. There was one person who said that they came at the end of it, but I didn't know if it was her first time. But yeah, so we had this little breather and then we like came (laughs) back in. They do a debrief. They do a debrief. Mm -hmm. Literally. Was it your first time speaking to the mic? (laughs) Okay. So you're, she's touching herself and then she's instructing you all how to touch yourself. Yeah, she we had like a little break and then we all came back in and like took our pants off and had like towels over our waist and like they walked around with like lube and like there was like a gong or not a gong, like those bowls. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Sound bowl. Sound bowls. Everybody hit a like, gong every time you orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. And then the vibration makes everybody else come. <laughs> the ground is shaking. OK, so they go around. There's a gong. And are you guys using a, like toys? No, just this was a hands glass. Okay, talk about difficult. Yeah, but it was cool. Like she was like, oh, use your labia like to play with your clit. Like because some people don't like direct contact. And I was like, I didn't realize that, you know, like and she said things like touch your butt, touch your boobs, like anything that's like feeling sexual to you. And like I got made fun of for this on my 
episode about it, but I they were like, you needed license to touch your own butt. And I was like, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I would never think to touch my butt. Yeah. While, like touching myself. Yeah. And so that was cool. And I learned a lot. Uh, didn't come in that class. Didn't come in the tantric massage either, which was amazing. What is the tantric massage? Full body massage, including everything, everything with like a lot including of... Including mm-hmm. fingering. Oh, yeah. And I had my tampon and, in too. It was crazy. Well, you, <laughs> well, that's interesting you say that. I've actually found... This is like definitely TMI, I think, at this mm-hmm. point. But like, so if you don't want to hear this, just shut the podcast off and also fuck you. I think getting fingered with a tampon in actually could feel really good. Yeah, it's like more pressure. Yeah, it's like added compression. So that masseuse, though, how do you feel about and are you in a relationship at this point in time? Yep. So by the time so how we had like released that? the episode, Ben and I were like boyfriend, girlfriend. And that's yeah. why I felt comfy coming out with it. And he's he's super cool with that. Yeah, he was down. I I told him I was having a tantric massage and I don't think he registered it yeah. until after when I told him like what went down. When you and you were was, pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And he was kind of like, oh, wait, I didn't realize that was part of it. But he was still like along for the journey and was like, you know. And and how is that experience like uh, receiving any sort of pleasure in that environment? Is that actually supportive or was it just like fun or what? It was fun. It was cool. Yeah. I like learned a lot of breath work techniques. It's also just like nice to ha- like, I feel like every time you have a massage, you're like finger me. And so it was nice to actually have it <laughs> happen. <laughs> I like honestly cannot agree with that enough. Yeah. Every time I get a massage and I don't get fingered, I'm like pissed off. Pissed. So like that seems like what every massage should be. Just like I don't need to come, but slip a finger in, will you? Yeah. And also like touch my boobs. Like sometimes yeah. massa- masseuses don't. I want to like, get one. Please. Like they're so sore. But also it made me so good. Feel like more like holistic too. like the way that the touch was happening. Like he wasn't just like touching my vulva. He was just like, yeah. like touching my whole body and like the parts were included in it. Like it just felt like it was like, oh, this is part of my body. Like mm-hmm. it made me feel better about my junk. It was fun. Ugh, that sounds so good. My only thought is I would love to go. And if I go, obviously my girlfriend would want to go. If my yeah. girlfriend goes and like is obsessed with it and loves it because my girlfriend's mm-hmm. such a sucker for massage. Like she's mm-hmm. just like, like mas- I-, I feel okay about massage. It's amazing. Like indulgence once in a while. She's like addicted to it. Like it's like full body turn on for her. Amazing. So I have a feeling if she went to this, she would be like so addicted to the tantric masseuse that like I don't know I wouldn't want her to like I wouldn't want that masseuse to like start like snapchatting her (laughs) no I mean he's great he would never but also I think he does classes actually and Lola does too for couples where it's like okay you like this I can teach your partner how to do this so you could be the one you know that sounds like a spa that sounds like a sexual spa day it's sexual spa day that's amazing and then so after this though these are both like sound like such good experiences are you putting the pressure on yourself though are you like fuck, this still hasn't worked. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I, w- I was like a little no, disappointed chill. after the tantric massage because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I really thought that this would happen in the hands of right. a professional. Right. That's what I would be thinking too. Yeah. But then I also knew that it was nothing that anybody had done to me before wrong. It was like, okay, right. so everybody else could have been the best, even though like most of them weren't, but like they could have been the best. They could have been trying. It's not going to happen from another person. Fine. Right. Now we know this. And before I went to the tantric massage, I had gotten an assignment that was not from my podcast. I went on The Good, The Dad, and The Ugly with Casey and Will and Patrick Mm -hmm. Schroeder. And 
because, you know, once everybody heard that I wasn't coming, everyone was like, we got to talk about this. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, have you ever used like a clitoral suction toy? Like Rachel Sennett had never had an orgasm. She had her first that way. Like Mm -hmm. you should do that. And I was like, okay. So I like ordered this toy right away and it came the day of the tantric massage. And Mm -hmm. I tried it on like for like two seconds. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, it's going to happen with this thing. But I should do the assignments first so I can log these episodes. And then literally the second after I finished the the like recap of the tantric episode, I like went in my room and I was like, it's time. And that was the thing that made it happen. What? And that happens in two seconds. It was like, okay, so let me set the mood. I yeah, set the mood. I go into my room. I put a towel down because at this point mm-hmm. I've heard from a lot of people that they are squirters and in my family they've come out to being oh, we are squirters and I was <laughs> like okay, come out as this is a genetic thing I should prepare for the wet in case and I put a towel down on my bed I put music on I like I think I did candles as well because I like oh wow like, that's get, such a different orgasm than getting me. sexy and turn the lights off and kill myself <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I like put the thing on and then I heard my fucking grandmother come home and she's like, hi, cookie. And I like ran outside, I like pulled no. my pants up and I was like, Nan, I'm doing something really important. I need you to go in your room, close the door, take floor. Floor was who helped her. And I was like, both of you go in there for like an hour. That's like her aid. Yeah. And she was used to that because during recordings, I'd be like, get in your room. You're like interviewing porn stars in the kitchen. Legit. She met so many porn stars. That's so amazing. There should be a show about you and your grandma doing that towards the end of her life. You think I haven't pitched that? (laughs) We'll talk. Um, Keep going. But yeah, so she goes in her room. I go back in mine and I put it on and like 15 seconds in, I'm like, and I'm like squirting, like definite squirting. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do this on my bed. Like this is going to be too much. You really were a genetic squirter. Yeah. Ran into the bathroom. I had this like little ledge and I was like, okay, I know I squirted, but I, I know I didn't finish. Like, you know, everyone oh, you was saying, come. when you know, you know, you know, you like, and so I was they like, love to say that. I was like, you, you know, you, know. you didn't, you idiot. And I like put my hand down on the little ledge and I put the other one on me and I was like looking at myself in the mirror and I was like, don't quit. And I like pushed all my settings up don't to quit. like number six was like the highest <sighs> setting at the time. Yeah. It was like suck. And I was like, and then it was like, okay, this is not in your hands anymore. And it started Surrender, happening. Just like I, Oprah my said. My knees were buckling. And then I had to like lay down or not lay down. First, I got on all fours, which like I've not done since. And I had like three orgasms in that position. Then I got on my back and I had like three orgasms in that position, squirting so hard. And then was like so happy. But then again, was like, do I have to end the podcast? Oh my God. <laughs> you had multiple orgasms. You're squirting. Mm-hmm. This is, this sounds like an intense, like lovemaking session with yourself. It was great. It was a self love story. Oh my, what an incredible first experience. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. It was so That's fun. Amaz- and it were, was you, so were crazy. you thrilled? Yeah. Or are you then like, fuck, how am I going to replicate this? Will this ever happen again? That's where my neurotic brain would go. No, I was mostly worried about the podcast because I was like, okay, now I have this thing. And and people did get mad at me. Not like, like people were happy for me, but then other people were like, well, this is fucked up. Like, cause I still haven't. And like, oh, your listeners felt betrayed. Yeah. Like I, I, I tried it with this toy and it still didn't work for me. And like, now you've left us out and abandoned us. And I was like, no, wow. no, 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 no. I'm still gonna learn how to do it in different ways. And like, obvi- like I'm, 
I can't go back to being no come Remy. I just can't. That's not possible. But I could learn how to do it with my hand. I could learn how to do it with a vibrator then. I could learn how to do it with your foot. You'll just keep trying. You'll just keep upping the stakes. Mm -hmm. I could do it in a box. I could do it (laughs) with a fox. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That is an amazing first time. You know, I've never shared my first time on the podcast. I don't think. No way. So I'm going to do it right now. Please. I'm dying. It feels right. I mean, so I, you know, I remember the first time I decided like I wanted to like look at something like I wanted to feel turned on. And I was in I want to say I was like a freshman in high school mm-hmm. or like in like eighth grade or something. Mm-hmm. And I YouTube search people making out. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you want to see. That's why Bridgerton is so popular. And I remember, yeah. And I remember watching this one video of this couple making out and just the sound of their kissing was like so like wet and clear and loud. And I was like, my vagina was like, like it was just like (laughs) lighting up. I was like freaking out. And I was like, fuck like this. I feel so turned on, but like I didn't know where to go from there. Mm -hmm. And I remember I would just sit. I don't know why I had an air mattress at this point in time. I didn't like I didn't even have a bed. I think our house was like under construction. Yeah, I was just like sitting on this air mattress with and I didn't even have headphones. I think I had like makeout videos on like low volume (laughs) and I was just like sweating in my bed, like watching, (laughs) watching these videos. It was like horrendous. And then I was like, we need to get louder volume. I think I found headphones. And then I just for like the next few years would like watch videos. I eventually started watching some some form of like porn, but it was Mm -hmm. not like hardcore porn. Mm -hmm. And I would get really turned on. But like have I don't know why I didn't have the intuitive information to like touch my clit. That was never something that occurred to me. I like definitely tried like like fingering myself like you know, yeah. people can't up, see this on the podcast, up, like yeah. penetrating myself in. <laughs> in, 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 in. But like that did nothing for me. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, fuck, this is so like frustrating. Yeah. So I completely let it go. And then I remember I was in college. I was like a sophomore in college and I was like, I'm having an orgasm. Like I have to have an orgasm. Mm-hmm. Why am I not having an orgasm? And I was like, I need something that vibrates. And I remember I got yeah. a new head to my electric toothbrush. Nice. We had the same mind. You got you. Oh, you had the razor. I had the razor. Is your, is your painter hearing this? Like, can they shut like, up? <laughs> like your painter 100% is hearing us talking about how we're working. What's fucked up is yesterday I was like binging Bridgerton and they were in there yesterday too. And like every oh, really? time the sex scene came up, I would have to like mute it because I was like, I <laughs> to like... <laughs> So I get a new head to the electric toothbrush and I'm like, oh my God, this is totally going to work. But what happens is my electric toothbrush shuts off after two minutes because it's like you're done brushing your teeth. Mm -hmm. So it was like I would keep getting close and then my toothbrush would be like, no, you're like, stop, stop brushing your teeth. I'm like, this is my clit. You're going to need to let me keep going. I go to a sex shop with my friend. I buy like a bullet, Mm -hmm. like these tiny little guys. I'm like, "I I guess this is all I need. I go home. I'm like, I'm doing it. I put on porn. I use it. I remember I have an orgasm because it felt so fucking good, but it was like nothing compared to your, your orgasm sounds like it was like Jurassic Park. Mine was like a commercial. It It was was like crazy. Point two seconds long. Wait, but how, how old were you at that time? I must've been 20. See, I had eight more years of pent up. 
I know. And that really sucks. But look, you've had created such wonderful success around it. Yeah. And honestly, like when I think about like, would I rather have done it early? Like not really at this point, because so many other people have learned from like, we have thousands of other people who have had their first orgasms because of the podcast. And I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. Are they compadres, right? Companions, but I love compadres. Yeah. Okay. Companions. Um, We were going to do comrades for a little bit, but then we were like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I, I though, like, I don't know if you've discussed this on your podcast or not, but I then had this whole period of like it being kind of difficult for me to integrate what I learned about orgasm on my own into my relationships. Mm. Well, it was not hard for me because well, we good were for very, you, Remy. no, I'm just like <laughs> most things. Well, it was I really say, easy for me. No, most things I will overdramatize how hard and harp on that. But this part was very lucky because he knew like Ben was along for the ride and like right. knew what I was discovering at what points I was knew that I had my first orgasm with this toy. He was like, if something's broken, like don't fix it. Like it was very like, let's bring this new friend into our circle and he will help us. And totally. We love it. Like, but I did this thing of like, I started using toys like with partners and then I would be like, I, I don't know why I had this shame of like, I don't want, I want to be able to have an orgasm without a toy. And then yeah. that became the thing. Like, yeah. And it's just like, where do I stop beating myself up? You know, oh, I, I still feel like that sometimes if, especially like if it dies, like mid session, I'm just like, I'm useless again. You know, and I think <laughs> about like, if I were on like a deserted island, like, oh, I would never come again. And like, so that must mean that like, I'm not meant to. And like, I really, I like spiral into these like things and I have to like get back and be like, but you're not on an Island and your fucking plug is right there. Like just plug the thing in, like chill out. Right. But I do this, I do this about like spontaneous sex where I'm like, well, what Mm -hmm. if I want to have sex Mm -hmm. really spontaneously at this place? I'm not like packing my vibrators and my dildos to like this, like whatever, not like I'm having sex at like a party. I don't really know. Sometimes. But sometimes you might have sex at a party. (laughs) Yeah, like I don't fucking know. But okay, so you get you have your first orgasm, as do I, you know, timeline. Congratulations. Congratulations to you. Thank you. Um, But I want to pivot a little bit into like sexual identity because I when did you you identify as bisexual? Yeah. Yeah. I said that to Ashley Hesseltine and she was like, no. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. But you identify as bisexual. And I'm just curious because my listeners are also curious as well. Yeah. Like, you know, you, when I first heard you like come out as bisexual, you were in a relationship mm-hmm. with a man. Curious about like your experience exploring your sexuality while in a committed relationship. I think a lot of people want to know like how that's possible. Mm hmm. I've, I've had a lot of questions like this too with girls who are still in relationships with men that they love and don't want to break up with and recently like discovered their sexuality and like are like, okay, what do I do with this now? Like, yeah, do we open up our relationship? Like, what do we do? And like, I've had a lot of episodes on that and having conversations with people who do open up is like really cool. And it's something that maybe down the line for me, that would be really fun to do. And like he's said at different points, like if that's something that I need to do, that he would be cool with that. My thing is I'm super like demisexual as well. Like I need a... What's that? It's like you need an emotional connection to the person to want to have a sexual oh. one. So any stepping out on mine, if we, if I was allowed to do that, I would probably want to be more romantic than just sex. 
which I mm. think limits me in that like he doesn't want to be open in that way. You're like, um, I want to go fall in love. I want to go fall in love and have a girlfriend. Like, come on. Like, I get that. I really get that. Yeah. But also it was so beneficial to me just to be able to like say it and be like, this is who I am. And I know myself now more. And that is really nice to just be able like, like not feel like a secret anymore or something to be ashamed of. And it's something I yeah. can commiserate with him. And like now when we talk about girls being hot, like he just knows where I'm coming from more about it. And I like being known better by somebody who's so important to me. Yeah. Was it weighing on you? Yeah, it was. Because I, wow. I like I I didn't think bisexuality was a thing growing up. Mm-hmm. I And I don't know why... It, if it was like sex in the city being like bisexuality is a one way trade to gain town train to gay town. Or if yeah. it was something else that like, I remember like when Anne Heche started dating Ellen and then like broke up with her and started dating a man. I was like, liar. Like I was just like so mad. Lock her up. Yeah. I was like, she lied to Ellen. She's not even a lesbian or whatever. Like it, I was like, bi people aren't real. And so whenever I would be attracted to girls, I would be like, well, that must not be a thing because mm. I like boys so much. Yeah. And like, I think I definitely over- overcompensated in the like, I love I'm boys, boy crazy or whatever. But like, I'm people crazy. You know, like I have crushes yeah. on everybody. And like, it was just nice to put it in that perspective too. I was like, oh, I didn't hate that girl. I was in love with her. <laughs> you know, like. Oh my God. That's the most classic form of like. Mm hmm bisexuality lesbianism is like yeah that girl that I couldn't stand I was literally dripping obsessed with her yeah (laughs) like please step on my neck was there like give me like I just like listening to these like I mean girl like lust stories is there a Mm -hmm. moment where you're like oh fuck like this I'm definitely like this is not something that I'm just like fucking around with like I'm so turned on right now by this girl yeah I mean many but they were uh, most of them were in retrospect Mm, okay so you don't have like a, like, cinem- a cinematic, like she walked down the street. I mean, oh yes. There was a girl at the cubby hole one night that like, I literally was trying, I, I was like trying to beeline for her, but like not be weird about it. And she like left right after. And I was so upset, but I was like, I'm in love with her. Like, I didn't, I don't know what to I'm do in, with myself. I've never met you, but like, I'm in love yeah, with you. Yeah. But yeah, no, not, not recently. So you guys are not open right now, right? Mm-mm. And how, do you feel like, that part of you is like at peace with him. I mean, like, he's, he's said like, if something happens with a woman, like it's chill, you know, like, Oh, I, okay. You know, like, but I'm just thinking about it in the terms of like, I would want something more romantic. And I know that that's not something that he would necessarily be like, Oh, let me hear right. about your new partner. Like when I thought that was my role. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I would totally, I mean, I wouldn't just want to kiss a woman. I would be like, I want to be like her plus one to a wedding and I want to like sit in a bath with her and like listen to music. So Mm -hmm. God, women are so amazing. And then like also if there was a woman that I really liked and we're like doing memes back and forth and she's listening to me and we're having conversations all day and he's sending me less memes, like it could get pretty, uh, I could leave. Oh my God. (laughs) 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 Yeah, she'll be in your fucking DMs. She'll be like, Sending you Postmates, she'll be like spooning. Oh my God, mm-hmm. women are dangerous, mm-hmm. sexy creatures. So, uh, But he is dangerously sexy as well. So I don't, I don't want to not be with him anymore. No, I know. So I know. Like, this, is, this is life. Do you think humans life. are meant to be polyamorous? 
Oh my God. There's an amazing episode on Netflix Explained called Monogamy. And uh-huh. it basically it's says... so good. It says yes. Um, it says yes. It says that monogamy is not natural to us. Right. But it also says that for some people it works better. And like, I, I do believe that to be true. Like, totally. I am also a very jealous person. If we were to open up, mm-hmm. he would be open as well. And like, I don't know if I could handle that. Yeah, right. it's more. Th- it's know? more than just like a crush. It's we're talking about life building. Yeah, we're and talking like, about life building, guys. Like yeah. life building partnerships. I have. A, I have a question, just because I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Who is like your celebrity like crush that would be like a woman? Kristen Stewart. I knew you were gonna say that. I love her so much. Okay, so you're attracted to like that kind of energy. Uh, I mean, so like, are you into Miley? She no, Miley. Oh, I don't so like her confused. face, but I like her body. <laughs> And I like what she stands for and I like what comes out of her mouth. But her face isn't my type, which that's just preference. She's not ugly. She's beautiful. She's just not my type. I think we could be great friends. I love a Margot Robbie. Yeah. I also love a Kate Moaning or Manning, however you pronounce it, from the L word. Oh, Shane, Shane. Shane, yeah. Like, I love a soft face. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? What is that? Is that called a soft butch? Yeah, maybe. I think it is. Yeah. This has been a really fun episode. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you guys listen to Remy Casimir's podcast, How Come. And I also want to say that Remy's an amazing stand up. And thank you. If you appreciate like good stand up, like for me, I really only like female stand up comedians. Sorry. But like if you like Amy Schumer and you like me and you like funny women, like you should be watching Remy Casimir's stand up. Her stand up should be in the index of stand up that you listen to and appreciate. <laughs> that Follow means so much in- to me. Follow her on Instagram. Listen to her podcast. Remy, do you have anything else you want to plug? You have shows coming up. This is going to come out Tuesday. Yes. Oh, my God. Amazing. I have two shows coming up at Arlington Draft House at the end of the month, April 22 and 23. Friday, Saturday. No excuses. Come out. So it's like in Northern Virginia, Arlington. But like that means D.C. area, Maryland. They'll figure it out. Come on out. I need you. Come and, I, and, and sometimes come I bring sex toys to shows and I give them out like fresh, unused. So right. So if you want to support queer, funny mm-hmm. women, go to this show and also support the podcast. Give her a follow. Thanks, guys. I love you. 